What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone and the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, happy Thanksgiving. What's going on? Happy Thanksgiving, man. How you doing? Good to see you. I'm doing great. 49ers seem to be back to their old selves again. And so your mental health has improved. I love to hear yes. that. Thousand percent. Wonderful. Yes, that's just in time for the holidays, like the Niners do every time. They just kind of like mess with you around what Veterans Day. (laughs) Well, this is the weird thing this year. It's like all my holidays are affected by the 49ers. They're playing on Thanksgiving. They're playing on Christmas. They played on my wife and my son's birthday. So, yeah, it's I'm in it now. If they lose on Thanksgiving, will it ruin your holiday? Will you still be able to say things that you're thankful for? No, I will, it will be ruined. And Christmas, too. And, like, I think they're winning on Thursday, but I'm worried about that Christmas game. So, yeah, it's it's going to be, you know, I won't have a happy Thanksgiving until about uh, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. See, I feel like you're missing the spirit of Thanksgiving right there. If, if, if you need the 49ers to win, you're not truly thankful. You should be thankful for the fact that they're all having fun. <laughs> you're like that guy that had the shirt uh, last week and said, I just want both teams to have fun. Absolutely. I was on a, uh, a stream last night with some Seahawks bloggers and one guy, Evan Hill, was making a hot take that he hates Thanksgiving and that turkey's trash and that there should be like ribeye steaks. It's like imagine being one of the uh, original colonialists in the, Ameri- you know, the Native Americans come over <laughs> offering turkeys and he's like, man, where's the ribeye? <laughs> no thanks. Like You missed the point of the entire holiday. Yeah, I mean, anyway. look. I'll never turn down ribeye, but I like Thanksgiving food, so I'm here for it. But anyway. I like Thanksgiving food because it's like a celebration of sides. I mean, turkey's great, but it's like how many sides can you fit on your plate? Can you make it all work together because you got to put gravy on everything? I think it's a wonderful endeavor. Yeah, I think it's legit that turkey is not the best Thanksgiving food by far. Oh, no. It's just it's like part of the it's part of the it's part of the plate, but it's not necessarily the star by any means. All right, let's get into the state of the it's 49ers like the right now. In the band. Are you saying it's, right. it's the Ringo star of... It's the Ringo star of your plate, but it's definitely not the John Lennon. But you know what, like, you know what they call Ringo star? A beetle. So, okay. And also, he's one of there the only go. two that are still alive. So there anyway. you go. That's right. All right. This weekend, Niners, Seahawks. The Niners absolutely stomped Seattle last year in three meetings. Do you yeah. have... Any belief or reason to believe that Thursday will be any different? I think Seattle's defense is better than it was. They still struggle against the run, but I think they I think they kind of put out the blueprint on how to stop Brock Purdy first. Uh, single high coverage, man-to-man, robber, take away the middle of the field, try to force him to go outside. They didn't really have the talent to pull that off last year. I mean, the Browns sort of had the talent to pull that off. Uh, I think the Seahawks may have it now with Devin Witherspoon, I think they have a really good secondary. They probably have not one but two cornerbacks in Reek Woolen who can match up man-to-man with Brandon Ayuk and not completely, you know, Jamel <laughs> Deaned out there. You know what I'm talking about when I say Jamel De- Um, So that's something in their favor. Their defense actually can match up a little bit with the Niners' passing game, which is something. But I'd have no, like, absolutely no respect for their offense. None. One thing I will say, Niners have been giving up some screen passes recently. Everyone knows it. They know it. And the Seahawks have that element in their offense now with Zach Charbonnet, who went to UCLA and is good because I've been watching him. Um, He's not good because I've been watching him, but I know he's good because I've been watching him. So I think the Niners should smack him. 
I don't think that the Seahawks can do a whole lot on offense, and I think Geno Smith is, um, you know, Geno Smith. Right, which is good, not great. I think that's fair to say it's about this face. Gino. <laughs> if you're watching on the street, I can't even describe that face for people that aren't watching on the street. It's just kind of like, eh. It's kind of like the the Kevin uh, James meme. Right. It's kind of like shrugging. It's like, I have to say this because I always like to say when guys are good, I say they're good. And when they're bad, I say they're bad. Brock Purdy is playing himself back into the MVP conversation right now. He has been absolutely money the last two weeks. He was phenomenal, phenomenal on Sunday against the Buccaneers. And I think he's going to cook Seattle on Thursday. I really do. It'll be interesting. I do think it'll be a, a bigger challenge than the last couple of times he faced him. They have uh, Frank Clark now, Leonard Williams now, Devin Witherspoon now, uh, J- uh, Julian Love. I think they're just a little bit more equipped to defend the pass. Maybe Christian McCaffrey goes off again. It's highly possible. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, he's hot. Like, why would you bet against Brock Purdy right now? He's really locked in. He's rested. I could see it. I just feel like if the Niners lose this game, the only way they lose this game is if really he starts turning the ball over like he did a few weeks ago. Right. And, again, I keep going back to the split of trailing, losing. It's not just a fourth quarter thing. Just trailing or winning. When he's winning this year, he has thrown no picks. You can count on him to not give the game away when the team has gotten the lead. Uh, but when he's down, he's thrown four picks and he hasn't been down that much. So th- that's just the, like my only thing with him. If the Seahawks somehow find a way to get an early lead off a turnover or special teams or w- some fluke is, you know, bad Brock going to show up. Remember, you talk about bad Jimmy. Yeah. So you had the tweet that basically set people off, which was Brock Purdy played an excellent game. He was nearly perfect. Still would be nice to see him come from behind and win. Eventually he almost never trails. Now I think that's something that a lot of people have said about Brock Purdy. I'll say this while it's true. He hasn't been trailing and he hasn't come from behind a lot this year. I think you have to also give him credit for never trailing, especially because a lot of the time he's the reason that they're up by multiple scores. Definitely. I didn't I didn't mean to have this tweet come out as like, good job, but you didn't make it interesting enough. So not impressed. Like, no, man, like he did his job to perfection in this game. And he we've seen him do that many times. And there's something to be said for doing your job for perfection to perfection. But we all know that playing quarterback when you're trailing is way harder and way different than playing quarterback when you're winning. And it's not just that Brock kind of struggles when he's trailing. I think the whole offense isn't built to play from behind from the offensive line to Brock to Kyle. It's all about running the ball and then play action. And that stuff kind of goes out the window when you're down seven, 10, 13. So it's not necessarily his fault. Really? Like he might be great coming from behind, but it's hard to show that when your right tackles Colton Kivitz and your right guards, you know, Spencer Burford, you're just not really set up to also like that's the weakest part of Kyle Shanahan's, um, playbook drop back passing it's mm-hmm. all about running and play action that stuff is really married together quite well they, all those plays look alike by the way a little bit of semi-breaking news here brock purdy is your nfc offensive player oh the week with his perfect wow. passer rating uh which i continue to say it's, it's like that's the lazy thing to go to when you talk about how good of a day brock purdy had like no one even knows how passer rating is calculated yet. We're all sitting there going, he had a perfect passer rating. Like, no, he was great on Sunday, but not for that reason. If he didn't have a perfect passer rating, he still would have been just as great 
the the big thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that stuck out to me, Grant, was the smaller plays that he made. Third and two, Brock scrambles for three yards, gets down. Uh, second and 12, I think they had late in the game when they're trying to ice it, and he rolls out on a bootleg. And instead of waiting and trying to force a play back across his body over the middle, he just runs with the ball, gets the first down, stays in bounds, and avoids a hit. I thought that was a huge play. Like, I think he's starting to see the bigger picture about, you know, game situation and all of that. And to me, that means he's like, he's leveling up in terms of where he is as a quarterback. He's darn good, darn good. And I think there's like three things that make him really good. His mind, his arm, his feet, right? That's all quarterbacks. But you talk about like his arm not being that strong and it's not, but I mean, he throws with anticipation. He's leading the league in completion percentage. Like he's not throwing like he's not throwing a ton of tight window throws, but he is very accurate, which is great. He throws anticipation. Great. He's very smart. But I think it's his feet that I'm like most impressed with. He is really good at escaping pressure. I mean, it's such a great quality, especially on this team, because they don't really protect him. They give him Trent Williams and that's No, they don't. So he it's on him to protect himself. He does a great job of not just getting out of the pocket, but sliding in the pocket, getting rid of the ball quickly, buying time when he needs to. He's really good at all of that stuff. And on top of that, he can actually scramble for first downs. It's, I mean, that part of his game, to me, is the most Patrick Mahomes-like, the way he moves. And I don't think people give him enough credit for the way he moves. I do think his arm, I don't know, like that's the whole debate. Like, is his arm, what is his arm? Like, you know, you all see his arm. And when he's losing and he has to just drop back in the pocket and throw all over the field, he doesn't really have the arm strength to, like, pierce the the defense into tight windows uh, throws. But other than that, I mean, he can create windows. He can create plays. He's really freaking good. He's really freaking good. He kind of reminds me of, like, Derek Jeter. You know what I mean? Like, Derek Jeter had so many hits but like his hits were all like bloops to right field you know what i mean like, like you'd watch Derek jeter he'd get a hit and you're like man he like kind of got jammed on that one it wasn't really that impressive but he did it every day like multiple times a day and after a while it's like you know what i'm gonna stop he's great he's really good end of story he's not that exciting he's not like alex rodriguez that power but like wow he's super duper consistent i think brock Purdy's kind of like the Derek jeter of quarterback i'm I don't think you're giving him enough credit. I have to say, I've been really impressed the last couple of weeks. Some of those I think throws. Derek Jeter is going to be a Hall of Famer, or is. Well, right. he is a Hall of Famer. Um, yeah, I'm just saying. I think that Brock has made more tight window throws than people remember. Like, we remember that pass, the 40-yarder to Debo, right? Where there's nobody around Debo Samuel. I'm not he can't do it or hasn't done it. I'm with you. I agree. Yeah. He can do it. He can do it. Um, and I think that this thing, too, because a lot of times with Brock, we say, oh, well, it's Shanahan. Look at his got Ayuk and Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey. Yes, that's true. But he's elevating in a major way the offensive line because his pass protection has not been good this year. And he is making it look much better than it is. Like, we don't even talk about it right now. If they had, the 49ers had a different quarterback back there, they would be sacked way more. They wouldn't be scoring points. Yeah. He is absolutely elevating this offensive line. I don't know how well you can see There you go. I did YouTube. see that. I there feel was, like this is where Purdy should get most of his praise. Like, this is something that is totally independent of Kyle Shanahan and his supporting cast. 
So I don't know. It's a little tough to see if you're watching the stream. And if you're not watching the stream, I'll just read it for you. It's a graph. And on the bottom of the graph is the PFF pass blocking grade. And on the left side of the graph is the EPA per play passes, rushes, and penalties. And Brock Purdy is super high. He's above even the top line on the graph for EPA per play, but he's in the bottom third for pass blocking grade. So what that tells you is he's making chicken salad out of chicken for lack of a better term when it comes to pass blocking. Absolutely. I mean, the reason that Colton McKivitz hasn't been a complete liability, same with Spencer Burford, same with Jake Brendel, uh, is Purdy. And again, when we talk about like how much is Purdy helped by the by the off by the weapons, the supporting cast, the system, a lot, a lot. But this is one thing that he's doing on his own, and I think it's one thing that wasn't scouted when he came out of the league. I think the Niners were surprised that he could move like this. I think they thought they were getting Nick Mullins. No, you were getting like a scrambling, a scrambler extraordinaire, a guy who thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> plays like he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes. Got to and, and really from the escapability, is Patrick Mahomes that much faster than Brock Purdy? Actually, kind of just yeah, I don't know. Not really, right? He's fast enough, and he just he's just very decisive. He knows he doesn't just stand in one spot like Jimmy. We're so used to Jimmy. I really think that's the biggest difference between Brock Purdy and Jimmy. Obviously, well, Purdy's a lot smarter too, a lot smarter. <laughs> But in terms of like the arm, I think the arm is somewhat similar. You could even argue that Jimmy has a little more zip while Brock may have a little bit better trajectory on the deep throw. But like it's the movement. And I think if if Bill Walsh were alive, I think that would be one of the things he really admires about Brock. And it was one thing that Jeff Garcia did really well, too. If people remember Jeff, that guy could really scramble. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for quarterbacks to be able to do that. It has added just the missing dimension to this offense because it's just the thing that is there when stuff breaks down, when somebody doesn't run the wrong route or the defense happens to be in the best play call or somebody misses a block, whatever it may be, it's not the end of the play. In some cases, it's the beginning of the play. And it has absolutely helped the 49ers this year. And it's been great to see. Uh, Matthew Sanders watching on YouTube says after watching the tape, Brock has the ability to get six or seven on third down with a well-timed inside draw. Hopefully Kyle draws something up for the playoffs. I don't know about that, man. I mean, he's, he's good scrambler, but he's a little fella. I'm not going to say it like that. He's bigger than me, but as a football player, calling quarterback draws for him. I don't want to get hurt. I mean, wow. I don't know. They kind of tried that with, with Trey Lance. It didn't, it wasn't really a quarterback draw, but you know, I'm just saying. Hopefully it doesn't come not. that. I wouldn't call it draw, but if it's like he did on that third down play, if it's there when you need it, take it, you know, and, and he did that. And I loved that was one of my favorite plays. Uh, Val Brooks says he reminds me of Jeff Garcia. He definitely that. has an element of that to his game. John in chaos, a little bit smaller. Yes. Jeff Garcia was like 30 and kind of built and, uh, you know, maybe a little bit faster, stronger. But in terms of play style, I definitely agree for sure. John says, everyone says Purdy can't lead a comeback, but forget he did take the team down the field against the Browns. The kicker just missed the kick. <laughs> no one said he can't lead a comeback. It's not that black and white. It just seems like if there's a weakness to his game or something he hasn't proven yet, before we just say he's the next Joe Montana, these are some things that we can that he can prove. Some this things he can prove. Yes, yeah. and this happens with yeah. every quarterback. It's all about like, okay, you did this, but can you do this? Like, we tend to move the goalposts on guys, yeah. and you have to no check check boxes can he 
Does he have enough arm strength? Yes, I think we've seen with Brock, there's enough arm strength. Is he accurate? Can he protect a lead? Can he do this? Can he do that? And this Brock has checked all the boxes so far. And the thing that we're at now is, can he? The highest degree of difficulty stuff. The highest degree of difficulty stuff, which is, again, a compliment to Brock. For sure. Look, look where you're at, man. You're like 23. You haven't had a full, you've had like a full season's worth of games. And now we're saying like, okay, but can you lead the team down 10 in the Super Bowl against it? Can you do that? Cause if you can't, you're freaking trash. Like that's, that's sort of where we're at. It's a really good point. Like we are yeah. at this point in the quarterback checklist after like what, 18 starts. You're like, that's pretty amazing. That's a credit to what Brock no has doubt. done so far. And instead of no taking doubt. it as like an attack on him, we should actually, it's a good thing that this is yeah, where like, we are. Are you truly elite? Cause I can't say that you're an elite quarterback. If you can't make plays and be the best guy on your offense, be an MVP ca- caliber player down 13 because your defense didn't show up that day. I just want to see that. He's had very few instances to prove it. Doesn't have much experience in those situations. Hasn't necessarily come through or look great, but maybe he will this week. I'd love to see it. Or he could also win a Super Bowl without ever having to do that, by the way. That's a, that's a I thing doubt it, too. though. That's, that, that's where I'm coming from. I right. don't think you can do that in 2023. I don't think they're the 1972 Dolphins or whatever. And I'm sure the Dolphins had to come from behind, too, to go undefeated. Right. That's sure a, It's unlikely, but it's possible. And we'll find possible. out. Uh, I will say this, watching the Eagles play the Chiefs, I never thought the Eagles were going to lose that game. They just, Jalen Hurts does not care if he is down, whatever the case may be, man. The Eagles just never back down. They never just go away from what they do. And damn it, Chiefs, you can't get a win and help out the 49ers? Like, I'm worried about the Eagles, man. I'm not going to lie. To me, that win that the Eagles had this past week was more impressive than any win the Niners have had this year. And not just because they beat the Chiefs. In Kansas City? Yep. Okay, they were down 17-7. They were down 10 to the Chiefs and just ran them down. Just ran them down. Like I'd love to see the Niners do that against a great team. And I'm not sure that they're built to do that. Eagles can do it because they have a great offensive line. And I think when you when you fall behind, you really need the a, a offensive line that can really pass protect. And that's not Brock Purdy's fault. That's just not how the Niners are built. They're built to run. They have all these like mid round picks in their offensive line. So if you want to be a good pass protecting offensive line, you need athletes. They don't really look for athletes on their offensive line. They look for tough guys who fit their run blocking scheme. That's not Brock's fault. Except for Trent Williams, who's a freak among all athletes. Great but player. yeah. The four Perfect. out of the five offensive line four positions five. Are, are not great. And that's how the Shanahan's have always done it. Their, their, their attitude is, while the rest of the league tries to get premium offensive linemen, we're going to make do with these fifth, sixth, seventh round picks uh, and laugh at everyone because we're going to spend our resources elsewhere. The cool. weird thing is, though, like they did spend. So left tackle has always been a priority. They had Joe Staley. And as soon as he retired, they immediately went out and got Trent Williams. But they also invested in center. They signed Weston Richburg to a huge contract at the time. Mm-hmm. And they went out and they got Alex Mack. So there are times where they do prioritize certain spots on the offensive line, but not. If I remember correctly, they would spend on two. It would spend big on two offensive linemen when one of them was Staley, who is not nearly as expensive as Trent Williams. Once they decided to splurge for Trent Williams, they were like, "Look, we rookie contract, rookie contract, rookie contract, vet minimum, (laughs) rookie contract." Sorry, dude. It's so funny how they look at it. The offensive line is like a necessary evil, and the defensive line is like the end all, be all. 
And to me, I, I look at it the other way. I mean, defensive line is important, but you got to go eight deep on that. And you can find defensive linemen all over the place. I mean, they're they're available everywhere at the trade all the time. Offensive linemen are harder to find. They play 100% of the snaps. I'd be more concerned about getting that right and figuring out D-line along the way because I feel like you can get Chase Young's, Randy Gregory's all the time. But I don't know. The good news is that Brock is helping to make up for some of those deficiencies on the offensive line. And that's kind of what we thought with Trey Lance, too, right? You wanted a, a mobile guy back there. And I, I have said it, uh, uh, Kristen Bradley says, is Brock a top 10 quarterback? We are getting the quarterbacking from Brock Purdy and the offense that we had hoped to see with Trey Lance. We are getting mobility back there, somebody that can make a playoff schedule, and we are getting deep chunk plays down the field. To me, this offense is everything you have ever wanted to see from a 49ers offense right now. This question from Christian, are there 22 teams, 23, 24 teams, that would bench their starter for Brock Purdy right now? That's my question. I know he's great on the 49ers. Would the Texans bench C.J. Stroud for Brock Purdy? No. But Would the why? Dolphins bench Tua for Brock Purdy? I mean, I know, who take, cares? take the logistics out of it. Take the logistics out of it, like teaching the offense. But it's like, I'm just trying to think of a guy in like a, another setting. Because I know on the Niners he's great. But I feel like a lot of quarterbacks in the Niners would be great. Like Baker Mayfield would be really good on the Niners. Dak Prescott would be phenomenal on the Niners. Um, but does it matter if like what Brock would be on another team. He's on the 49ers. The I'm only just trying team... to answer this question. I'm just trying to answer that in terms of Christian's question. It's Got tough it. for me to rank quarterbacks. And I think for, when I try to do it, that mental exercise, I try to picture them on different teams. Chris, you know what I mean? Tal Chris Tallarico says the Niners have some mobile quarterbacks and good wide receivers coming up. Defense has a real tough time with both of those. And Brock Purdy will have to lead a comeback at some point. They've actually been really good against mobile quarterbacks this year. That's kind of a thing that I thought that they did a really good job on. They faced Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones didn't do anything as a running quarterback in the game. Well, he hasn't done anything all year. Daniel well, Jones. yeah. But even yeah. just straight up running, he hasn't done anything. I mean, Josh oh, Dobbs, Dobbs 12 carries for 48 yards against Josh Dobbs, four yards a carry. Uh, his long was 12 really in good. the game. PJ Walker. He is really good. What did PJ Walker do? I don't remember. He's done. They missed. Uh, let me go back and I check. I mean, Joe Burrow got kind of loose on him, to be honest. Yeah, he did. Uh, PJ Walker had three carries for one yard, so he didn't got do him. Joe Burrow did. Joe Burrow hurt them a little bit, but like scrambles happen. But I feel like we we're sort of like we have this fear of like mobile quarterbacks, but they haven't been nearly as as bad against mobile quarterbacks as they have been in the past. Well, they're gonna get uh, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson coming up. That'll be at the yeah. Test. Uh, that hurts us, but even Gino can move a little bit. So we'll have to see. Chris Maldonado says, just wanted to share with my gold standard family. Thank you very much, Chris, YouTube channel member. If you want to become a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. So please consider it. Uh, it's a great way to support the channel. Chris Tallarico is back. He says, not only are the 49ers not built to come from behind, neither is Kyle Shanahan. He can barely call a game when they're ahead. Oh, come on. Chris, I love, the, I love the enthusiasm, man. I appreciate you. That's, That's I mean, they're scoring like crazy. What do you mean he can barely call a game when they're ahead? Their offense has been great this year. Last two weeks. And the five games before the three-game losing streak, they were scoring 30 yeah. points a game. Yeah. They lost Trent Williams and everything went haywire they need trent williams my goodness they're one offensive lineman who matters that is Everything the scariest part it does yeah. seem like trent and debo 
If one of those guys Forget or both Debo. of those guys are out. No, 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 no. Forget Debo. I'm sorry. I'm going to – let's talk – let's stay right there. It's Trent. <laughs> it's so Trent. I feel like Debo – maybe defenses respect Debo or get nervous about Debo, but to me, he's fourth in the pecking order on this offense. He runs around. He's a decoy. He's like eye candy. But when it terms of actually getting the ball and, do like, producing, it's Ayuk McCaffrey Kittle. Those three carry the offense. Yes. They give Debo some care, like some touches early on, like – courtesy touches in the, in the script just to keep him engaged and then it's like depending on what he does with him he might fall out of the game plan entirely so to me it's all trent because when trent's out there then they can run to the left they can do all kind of things in the run game and they don't have to worry about their terrible right side of the offensive line when he's not out there McCaffrey can't get anything done and it's not his fault i agree that like when we say debo it's not necessarily about like the actual production it's about literally his presence and how it affects the rest yeah. of the defense. I completely crazy, agree with that. It's, like, it's his reputation from two years ago. He's kind not of. that guy anymore. He's a good player, but he's not that guy anymore. Errol Tolbert, thank you very much for the super chat. Ayuk, Debo, CMC, and Kittle make Brock look better than he is. Brock is a dink and dunker. Kyle has mastered getting people wide open. People want Brock to be great so bad that they're giving all this credit to Purdy. I totally disagree with that. He's not a dink and dunker. He is not. He is throwing the ball. He averages, what, more yards per completion than any other quarterback in the league. And if you go and look, the 49ers are not dominating in yards after catch this year like they have previous years. They're not because he's throwing the ball deeper down the field. Guys are catching it deeper down the field, and they're getting tackled. But they're still getting chunk plays because the air yards are so high. He's very good at the intermediate passing. Very good at that. He doesn't really throw deep that much. He threw deep to Brandon Ayuk. It was a nice, it was a really nice throw. Jamel Dean, I'll I'll know what happened to Jamel Dean in that game, man. He got hurt. He hurt his foot. Every time the ball came his way, he was hurt. But <laughs> yeah, no, Brock Purdy, he is good. Those do those people do make him look better. But I always hear people say, like, well, okay, well, Steve Young played his whole career with Jerry Rice and John Taylor and Brent Jones and Ricky Waters. Like, that's true. That's absolutely true. So you can't really knock him for that. Joe Montana had a lot of great players too, but still like Steve Young and Joe Montana played a very long time. They were, they were down big. They played when, when they were hurt, when other people were hurt, when the team was, you know, like they, they've proven themselves. Brock is just hasn't had those that many games, but it's coming. So I'm saying it's not going to be this easy the rest of his career. It's really easy right now, but we saw a little preview a few weeks ago. There's going to be more adversity down the way. And we, we, we got to see what it looks like when Trent Williams misses another game. He's 35 years old. That's coming. Maybe not this year, but it's coming. I, I'm not denying that Brock Purdy benefits from the people around him. He does. Every That's quarterback the, would. But also, yeah. he is making those guys better than they have been. And the perfect example of this, Marcus Thompson had a great tweet. Before Brock Purdy, George Kittle had 24 touchdowns in 76 games. Since Brock Purdy, George Kittle has 12 touchdowns in 16 games. So you That's can a Jimmy Garoppolo tweet. Okay, but <laughs> you can't deny that George Kittle has been a more productive player with Brock Purdy than he has been with Jimmy Garoppolo. So right. Brock is... You can't is, deny that Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't deny that. Brock is clearly elevating George Kittle in a way that he was not in the past. So I think it's right. both. Yeah, and Jimmy Garoppolo was clearly suppressing that dude. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> right. George Kittle should write him a strongly worded letter. Said, "You, I always thought you were my friend, and you never threw me the ball in the end zone. Why?" Anyway, I still, I still feel like before we say that Brock Purdy's great or a top ten quarterback, what would, what would Dak Prescott look like on the 49ers? Would they be better or worse with Dak Prescott? I'm not sure. 
he's doing really good on the Cowboys right now, and their offensive coordinator is like stuck in two thousand and eight. <laughs> so. I just I can't help but notice when you look at Brock and where he ranks, he's first in completion percentage, he's first in QBR, he's first in yards per completion by more than a yard over Tua. So, like, when you can say, would the 49ers be better with somebody else? Like, they're number one in all these categories with the guy that they have. Yeah, but it's like, if you put him on Seattle, would they, would he be number one in all those in all those things? I don't know. I still feel like a lot of what, like, the Niners set up quarterbacks for success. And the one thing that I say you can't really say, the one thing you've got to give Purdy 100% full credit for is the way he evades pressure. That's all him. The rest... He needs to sort of like, like if if he wins the MVP and he has to like give a speech, I don't know if you give a speech or he's in there. He needs to have a really, really long speech where he thanks a lot of people and they need to essentially start playing the music and push him off the stage. Like he needs to keep going if he wins an MVP. There, he can't thank enough people if that happens. And 80 people need to get thanked. And that's fine. Look, Tua has the best wide receiver in the league right now in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle and Raheem Mostert. Nobody ever downplays his success because the guys he has. Jalen Hurts has Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. Nobody ever downplays his success. I downplay everyone's success. I, I don't want anyone <laughs> in the world to have success. I hate it. So but it's like, just, okay, so, so like Patrick Mahomes doesn't have those guys this year. Right. And his numbers are a little bit down. Maybe he's not the MVP, but I'm taking him. I'll take it. Right. But so, like if if all we're comparing Brock Holmes to is Patrick Mahomes, that must mean Brock is pretty damn good. Right? Like we're like, comparing him to the Kyle say, when I asked Kyle why he's not playing Jordan Mason, he's he's playing Elijah Mitchell. He's like, Well, I don't look at stats. Okay. Then you can't judge Brock Purdy just based on stats because we don't look at stats over here, right? Because Tua has great stats, Dak has great stats. Like, doesn't and, and Mahomes doesn't. You gotta really watch the tape. And when I watch the tape. I give Brock Purdy a 67.84237 repeating. Of course. Great. Of course. <laughs> uh, Mike, uh, Matthew Sanders, excuse me, says, keep an eye on Jalen Hurts' knee. He's too tough for his own good. Only so many tush push you can really get. Not wishing injury, but Philadelphia may ruin themselves. He may be banged up a little bit. I'll say this. I was thinking about the tush push after that game. And I don't, sure. I think the best thing you can do you can't stop it. I feel like at this point they've proven it's pretty much unstoppable. I almost wonder if your best bet is to not necessarily try to stop it, but as soon as Jalen hurts crosses that line of scrimmage to just drill him as hard as possible, because you can't stop the play. It's impossible. Like the nature of the play, he's going to get the first down. But to me, you just have to try and legally hit him as hard as possible. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh yeah, that's football. Or or don't give up fourth and one, fourth right. and two. I don't know. I it seems to me that most teams can pick up fourth and one, whether it's the tush push or a quarterback sneak. Like Jimmy Garoppolo never got stopped on a quarterback sneak, and no one was pushing his tush. Why do we even <laughs> say that? Anyway, it just seems like yeah, if you're at fourth and one, quarterback sneak's gonna work one way or another. You don't give that up and go for it if you're in that situation. I like yes. that teams are all of a sudden so aggressive on fourth down. I think it's way better with. Few- I like watching games with fewer punts. Punts, special teams in general, are pretty much not fun anymore. It's like fair catches and touchbacks. That's special teams. Not that fun. Yeah, I agree with you. And it leads to, even if a team doesn't get it, then it sort of helps create an opportunity for the other team. And that's exciting to watch too. So I'm on board. Uh, Chris says, I had a super chat before that. Chris, I went back and looked. 
I don't see it. I see only the one from you about sharing with the gold standard family. So I apologize if no, uh, it's 915. I got it. It says, uh, what up, Grant and Rob? Just found out yesterday me and my wife are expecting a baby boy. April 27th, Callius Joseph Maldonado, another Niner fan like Pops. Congratulations, Chris. And congratulations, Calais. I hope I oh. got there. It's C-A-L-A-I-U-S. First of all, Chris, that is awesome. Congratulations. That is not in my in my thing. That is really weird. I got it. It's all right. Well, I got thank it. you Chris. for that. Chris, that mm-hmm. is fantastic. That right around the holidays, too. That's a that's a blessing. So congratulations to you. Uh that is fantastic. Did you get Dale? Dale says, Can we talk about special teams? Did you get that one? That was at 915. There ha- hold on. Uh you missed him, huh? It's it's weird. Like I have right. some in the thing, but I, they're not appearing for me because I've hit everyone. That's fine. So far, well, there's one. Re- there was one that said, "Can we talk about special teams from Dale?" Two bucks. It was to me. And sure. I mean, uh, Wisnowski's doing good. Moody's doing good. Ray Ray never gets an opportunity. They gave up that long 51 yard return. That was unreal that that happened. That no one wants to talk about the fourth quarter because the Niners won by 13 and J- Jair Brown made some phenomenal plays that bailed him out but like the Niners just quit in that game they're like oh we're up 27-7 done it's like <laughs> wait a second the Bucks are at the 12 yard line with like seven minutes left and then they were back at the nine yard line with like four minutes left it's like well game's still going on what happened fortunately Jair Brown was a monster in the fourth quarter it was like making play after play in the end zone um otherwise that game could have been that was a game it shouldn't have been a game that late anyway what was that Bigel- they go up 27-7, and they were one possession away from being able to rest everybody and all yeah. that. But they didn't stop the Bucs. Instead, they yeah. gave up a five-play touchdown drive, and then the Bucs were kind of still in it. And so all those plans went out the window. Then they went three and out. Yes. and Then, then the they Bucks- gave up like a 17-play drive, and then Jair Brown finally ended it. Then they gave up a 51-yard return. No, they went three and out again. Yes. Then they went to give up a 51. It's like, what? What? Did you, do? what? you just stopped? Kyle took his foot off the, the gas. Yeah, you destroyed him in the third quarter. Why would you stop? I don't understand. Chris Tallarico says the 10 point lead is the scariest for the 49ers. That's when Shani starts to choke. I think he took his foot off the gas and they couldn't lead. get anything. <laughs> they couldn't get anything going. And then the Bucks, yeah, went down the field. And the, the frustrating thing was that that 17 or 18 play drive and then they don't get any points. And then after the punt return, they were basically on the exact same yard line. They were when their 17 play drive yeah. <laughs> ended. Yes. And to me, like all of that was very troubling from a team that's supposed to be a Super Bowl favorite. Like, hold on. You can't put away the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, you let this happen. I mean, that's why it's troubling to me. But Niner fans, are like, shut up. We won by 13. Cool. Well, I guess we'll see in two months if this was foreshadowing or not. If it was just, you know, a that's the weird thing. It was like, you never put the team away, but also. The game never got within two scores. So it's like, it's weird that you could kind of go on both sides of the issue. Uh, Paris says, it's not Debo, it's Trent. Our offensive line has made Brock look bad in a way. Brock uh, has to use his legs to win slash survive. Brock, I feel like, is underrated at kind of shifting in the pocket, sliding to his left or sliding to his right, just to give himself that extra half second to make a throw. Yeah, and I think his numbers, I don't have them in front of me, but his splits when he has pressure as opposed to no pressure are stark. I think his quarterback grading when he has no pressure career is like, I'm pretty sure it's above 130. Oof. So you think, you think if they like actually invested in this part of the, the team, he wouldn't have to use this element of his game and he'd be even better. 
but they don't and they never will. So he has to have this quality and he does. Then thank God for that. Randall says, how was Steve young on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Uh, for those who are not remember, alive. Yeah. He was not very good with the Buccaneers. Chris Tallarico says the question isn't, is Brock Purdy a top 10 quarterback? It's, is he worth top 10 quarterback money? If he gets paid, he's going to lose pieces. When he's lost those pieces, he went on a losing streak and threw a ton of picks. And that's a fair question to bring up, but I don't have to worry about that this year. And I don't have to worry about it next year either. That's a good thing. Yeah. You get more data on that one. And you can always like, you know, just because he's eligible for a contract extension after three years, you don't have to give it to him. That's true too. You You don't don't have to. And you could franchise him twice before it really becomes a thing. Like I'm not going to worry about what happens two years from now, right now, this is the win now, Super Bowl or bus season. Right. So let me just live in this year and we can get to that. I still want to see that he can stay healthy. Sorry to, you know, knock on wood, but it's like, he's gotten hurt a few times. He's a little bit smaller. He does run around. That offensive line is what it is. I want to see. So, and again, they're not going to have to make any decision on extending him, making that kind of investment for mm-hmm. a couple years. So that's something, that's a, another big thing he'll have to prove. Maybe a bigger thing than taking a team from behind, like staying healthy. Antonio, thank you very much for the super chat. Says Purdy's currently second in completed air yards per attempt. He's first in big time throw percentage, fourth in completion percentage over expectation, and fourth in adjusted completion percentage. He's also first in adjusted completion percentage on deep throws. He throws deep often, but accurately and efficiently. Yeah, I wasn't even a question. I can't really argue that. So, like all these people saying he's a dink and dunker, like he's not. That's the offense. That's being up ten being under center, faking the handoff to Christian McCaffrey to the, to the left, booting to the right, stopping and having Brandon Ayuk wide open 15 yards down the field. Like, yeah, does that mean that he's a has a stronger arm than Josh Allen? No, it's the system. It's the scheme. It's, it's Kyle and it's execution. But you got, I mean, if Kyle were watching this right now, he'd be like, oh, dude, those are my stats. Those are legitimately my statistics. What are you talking about? Awesome. There are some of those plays, and I loved, by the way, that they – they did that little bootleg to Kittle a bunch of times against Tampa Bay. Like, yes, please do that. It it was great to see Kittle so involved. There are a lot of those plays in the offense, but there are also a lot of plays where Brock is dropping back and throwing the ball over the middle, the IUK and Kittle. And it's a, it is a tight window throw. Guys aren't open by 40 yards and Brock is putting it right on the money. I think it's both play action though. Like when they're up 10 and, and and you fake the handoff, like the linebackers come up, there's that void over the middle. He's a lot of, there's a lot of throws where Ayuk or Jennings or Debo are just kind of open running across the middle. Sorry. I mean, that's the, that's the scheme though. And that's the benefit of winning and being up and having a good running back in Christian McCaffrey. Like it all ties together and he executes like way better than Jimmy didn't even want to turn his back to the defense. He was like, I'd rather be in the shot. Like, thanks Jimmy. He's such a great fit Brock for this offense, but it is a fit thing. It is a relationship. I can't give Brock hundred percent credit. I won't. Right. And you don't have to. It could be both. That's the thing. Two things can be true. Uh, Christian says, if Brock Purdy was a first round pick, he would have a lot less people downplaying his success. I totally agree with that. He wasn't. But I agree that if he was a first, I mean, hell, there's people going balls to the wall for Sam Darnold after 56 games of crap because he was a first round pick. How much skepticism is, is Purdy really getting, though? Like he's a legitimate MVP candidate. There are some people online who say, hey, I have questions. I'd like like Nick Wright and me. Grant Other Cone. than that, everyone's <laughs> like, man, this guy's like the second coming. So seems to me he's getting a lot of praise very early in his career, playing on the best team in the league because he's better than Jimmy, 
who had a ton of success on this team. I just feel like we could slow down. Benjamin Redding, the narrative that because we have CMC, Kittle, and Debo is so dumb, people say Jalen Hurts is MVP. He has A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Swift, a way better offensive line. I say the same thing about Jalen Hurts. But I I don't feel like... I don't feel like Jalen Hurts is knocked as much as Brock Purdy is. Like, nobody's... Shannon Sharp is not on TV saying, oh, well, Jalen Hurts only does X, Y, and Z. But Brock is because Brock was the last pick in the draft and Jalen Hurts wasn't. Well, I think that's unfair. I think it's wrong. I think Jalen Hurts is a great fit for Philly. And I think Brock Pitty's a great fit for the 49ers. And I think if you put Purdy on the Eagles, they would start Hurts. And if you put Hurts on the Niners, they would start Purdy. It wouldn't make sense to start Jalen Hurts on the 49ers because everything they want to do, Purdy does better. But in that system where you're in the shotgun running RPOs and zone read and doing the tush-push, like, Hurts is way better. So I think they're both good for their teams. You put them on if you put either one on a team like Seattle and said carry him, I don't think either one could do it. That's where I'm at with those two quarterbacks. But Brock is not a good quarterback sneaker, by the way. He's not. He gets too high. He doesn't get down low enough. He's just he's not good at it. Uh, Chris Tallarico says completion percentage is the most misleading stat. For the most part, Shannon only calls high percentage passes. Take out some of the five yard passes and then see his completion percentage. His completion percentage on intermediate throws is awesome. Very high. It's very high. But again. Those are wide open because of play. Those are the play action. Not all of them, though. Not all of them. them. But a high percentage of them are the play action throws. And he gets credit for executing all that. He's a great fit. His his complete his passer rating on play action is through the roof, as it needs to be in this system. I never understood how Jimmy Garoppolo came here, not wanting to turn his back to the defense. Like, well, then go back to New England, man. What what? Never understood how the Niners had to make that deal. I don't want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. That's the magic of divorce. He is gone, and I don't ever have to watch him play a game for my team ever again. Uh, No one has to watch him play ever again. He's benched for Aiden O'Connell. True. I don't know how to say this name. How good would Aiden O'Connell be on the right now? Oh, God. That's all I'm saying. Stop it. Scribe Mind says Brock is legit. Dak and Tua are not in his league. I don't know about that, but I do think Dak Dak and Tua aren't in his league, then who is? Sean O'Leary says, on that three and out, Kyle called two vanilla draws into the teeth of the defense. He gave away that possession. Yeah, like I do think he, I think the offense and the defense simultaneously took their foot off the gas once they got up 27-7, and that's why the game was not put away. The whole team except Jair Brown took their foot off the gas. (laughs) That one guy who had something to prove. And I think that's maybe part of the Niners' issue this year is they don't have very many young guys with stuff to prove. When they went to the Super Bowl, all those guys were young and except their quarterback yeah who really wasn't leading them but the guys who were leading them there were like all trying to get paid armstead Mostert, boso warner everyone debo like now like all those guys have gotten paid a ton they're all you know pacing themselves for the inevitable nfc championship game that they're going to get to it's just a totally different vibe and a guy like jair brown helps get him through this part of the season I do think that we are entering the part of the year now with this Seattle, Philly, Seattle sandwich that we have where you're not going to have to wonder, like, are the Niners up for this game? Are they looking past this game? Like, we are in the part of the year now where they're going to bring it. They're going to bring it like they brought it against the Cowboys. And I think it's going to be a ton of fun to see because I think when this team is locked in and focused like that, they kick the tar out of people. Yeah, they really do. But the thing about this team is, how much? How often are they locked in and focused? I thought they were locked in and focused for like 17 minutes against the Bucks. Last two <laughs> minutes of the first half, most of like the third quarter, and then they were like, "All right, that was enough." You, the, the Warriors used to do stuff like that when they were really good. 
not really show up for the first half, essentially win the game in the third quarter, rest in the fourth quarter. And they could pull it off. That was a legit championship team. I'd like to see the Niners like not do that. It's football. You only have 17 of these. Come on. And I, I think we're going to get a full 60-minute effort for the next three weeks. Solo Thought Sports says, I don't blame Kyle for losing my against the Super Bowl against Indy the Chiefs. Kyle hits either one of those throws in the fourth. It's a blowout. I don't totally understand that super chat. He doesn't blame Kyle for losing against uh, Indy, against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. Chris Tallarico says they extended Shannon and Lynch in week three. May Jimmy Garoppolo the highest paid quarterback after five games. The second he's eligible for an extension, they will give Brock Purdy the extension. Maybe they've learned. Maybe I hope they've learned. Like, don't no. make big decisions no, 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 no. until you have to. No, they're gonna no, he's right. He's absolutely right. They're going to definitely give him the extension. What was the previous uh comment, real quick? I there's something I want to say to that. I forget. Uh solo thought sports. Oh, no, you do have to blue, uh, you absolutely have to blame Kyle Shanahan for the Niners losing that Super Bowl and the Chiefs' entire dynasty because he didn't want Patrick Mahomes. End of story. That's fair. End I mean, story. he didn't even scout you, Patrick Mahomes. So. You had to face Patrick Mahomes. You lost to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl because you didn't want him. And it's like, that's, that's the, that's karma. Uh, Ramilla Sports Report says regular season empire, SB is a regular season win slash stats. Again, man, I'm having trouble. Decipher he's saying the Niners are our regular season's uh, empire, and that but they're not, they have a great playoff record under Kyle Shanahan, it's one of the best yeah, but, in the league. But, but he's a Rams fan and he has a ring and he's gloating. Okay, well, that's fine. Uh, Jesse Wade, but thank you, Rams, by the way, for knocking off Seattle. Jesse Wade <laughs> says, Grant, stop. If this was Lance, you'd be pounding your chest, yelling, I told you he was this good. Okay, <laughs> all, <laughs> all right, hypotheticals. If and okay, well, you know. Boxing fan says Kyle would draft Penix if he's available late. I would be no, fine if the 49ers me. drafted another quarterback, by the way. I'd be a thousand. In fact, they should. They, they absolutely should. First of all, because after the year, uh, Sam Darnold's a free agent. So you, literally you need another quarterback on the roster. I would be absolutely fine if they drafted another quarterback. Not in the first round. First round. Yeah. Jesse Wade says all offseason, you said, can he sustain this? Well, well, we'll Grant? see. We'll see. He had a great five games, and then something happened in the last three. Got got some rest. He's had two great games in a row. Let's see where he's at in two months. I'd like to know. What do you think the Niners' record is going to be in these three games coming up? Two and one. That'd be pretty good. I would take that right now, wouldn't you? I mean, can't we look at the rest of their schedule and kind of look at where – I mean, I think the rest of their schedule isn't as daunting as we thought. They have four games against the NFC West. A division is trash. <laughs> two against Seattle, one against the Rams, one against – the Cardinals. That's four wins right there. Most likely. Maybe three if the Niners mess around. Then you got the Commanders. Okay. That's another win. So really it's just the Eagles and the Ravens. And I'm not saying that's even two losses there. Like those are the hard games and the Niners conceivably could win both of them. So they could run the table. They could lose those two tough games. They could lose those and drop a game they should win. But this is a team that's probably looking at 14 and 3, 13 and 4, 12 and 5, something like that, yet again. That, I mean, look, I would take two and one for sure. Um, if you only win one game in these next three, I would want it to be the Seahawks game because, look, the chances the Niners get the number one seed are remote right now, even before they play any of these three games. If you win, I think if the Niners win on Thursday, 
the NFC West is theirs. Because at most, Seattle would only be able to split against them. And the Niners already have a win against the Cardinals. They already have a win against the Rams. I think if the Niners win tomorrow, the NFC West is their division to lose. I would agree. I I mean, (laughs) there's no way they should lose the NFC West. Those teams are not good. Seattle lost to the Rams. End of story. End of story. 16 points. I, I The Niners should beat the Seattle Seahawks twice. They should beat the Cardinals again. Whoever their quarterback, Kyler, yeah, they should beat them. And the yeah. I, the only question is can they beat Eagles and the Ravens? And even if they lose both of those games, it'll be 12 and 5, most likely. And they may never face the Ravens again. They may never face the Eagles again. Who knows? Chris Tallarico is back. Aside from Dallas, they have lost to every potential playoff team. Winning games they should be winning doesn't impress. Beat Seattle, beat Philly, Seattle twice, and Baltimore. Hold on a second, Chris. Let's put this back up. They beat the Steelers, who currently would be in the playoffs in the AFC. They beat the Cowboys, as we've said. Granted, they lost to the Vikings and the Bengals. Yes, we know that. They beat Jacksonville. They're going to be a playoff team in the AFC. So give me the... I don't understand that criticism. I think the Niners have as good a resume as anybody in the NFL. Can I just say that? Pittsburgh sucks. I know they're six and four, but their overall net points is negative 29. They suck. I don't know how they're six and four. Okay, but they are. (laughs) Yeah, well, so are the Seahawks. And they're like, they don't suck, but they're aggressively mediocre. Can we say that? But like, are you telling me, oh, the Niners lost to the Vikings and Bengals, so now they're not that good. But if they had beaten one of those teams, then you'd be like, oh, my God, they're so good. Like, I I feel like the Niners have as good a resume as anybody in the NFL. I mean, they lost to Cincinnati. They're, they're five and five, negative 24 overall. Net. Like, they had a couple good games. I don't know. I I, I don't know, man. They, the last two weeks, people were crowning them because they beat Jacksonville and Tampa, two teams that ultimately don't matter. I think we're just kind of bored. I think we all know that. It's like this This whole season comes down to the playoffs. And they could run the table. They could win the rest of the regular season games, and it ultimately doesn't matter because they did that last year. Right. I think we're all kind of waiting for the season finale. I, th- I think like season seven of the Kyle Shanahan experience feels a little repetitive. You know, kind of like get, last year. Yes. You get to a point in your yeah. winning cycle or whatever you want to call it where the regular season is prelude. And the only thing that matters is the playoffs. It was just like this. I'm old enough to remember the Niners in the 90s when they were winning 10, 12 games every single year. And you knew they were going to do it. You knew they were going to get to the playoffs. And the only question was, could they beat the Cowboys in the playoffs? And then it was, could they beat the Packers in the playoffs? That's where we are with this 49ers team. Can they beat the Eagles in the playoffs? So, like, they could beat the Eagles in a couple weeks, in a week and a half. Mm -hmm. Can you beat them in the playoffs, though? It's a different thing. It is. A whole different thing. Yep. And it, they could lose and to if the you Eagles. Do, can you beat the Chiefs? <laughs> well, I don't know. The Chiefs The Chiefs averaged less than a touchdown per game in the second half this year. How insane is, is that? that? What is that? I don't know. Their offense is not – they are a defensive team. Their defense is excellent, but their offense, they sputter out, man. That's well, it's wild. as many weapons see. as they used to. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is literally – did you see that deep pass to Marquez Valdez-Scantling at the end of that game? It's in his hands. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> right they should have won. They should have won. Um, we, we keep praising the Eagles. They, they should have lost. I'll say this. Would you would you feel better if in the Super Bowl, Jimmy Garoppolo overthrows Emmanuel Sanders or Garoppolo puts it right on the money and Emmanuel Sanders drops it? I don't root for this team. I don't care. 
Brother, you answer that question. You're the one that lives and dies with this with this team. I think I would rather the overthrow. It's easier to like if it's in his hands and he drops it. I don't know if I could like that. That you don't know if you could what stomach hey, it. On, I don't know if okay. I could stomach it, man. Okay. Uh, brother MF and Bob says Igud and stats. Why not crown all our players now? Are we not supposed to say the 49ers have good players now? Anyone. I didn't count anyone. When not the me. players are doing good, I say they're doing good. And when they're doing bad, I killed Brock on the three-game losing streak. I killed him because he was not playing well. Now he didn't kill him. He's still alive. Well, you know what I mean. I criticized him a lot when he wasn't playing good. And he has been great the last two weeks. We have more data now. So, yeah, I'm talking about what he has done most recently. He may come out against Seattle and stink, especially if it's raining up in Seattle. That could happen, too. I would say that's one of the two questions that I still have about Brock is, how does he do in the elements? Because so far it hasn't been great in the rain. We haven't seen him in the snow. And also in the cold. I don't know how he's going to look and play in the cold. And that is a real thing. Jared Goff stinks outside in the cold weather. He's awful. He is nowhere near the quarterback he is when he's playing at home indoors. We don't know that about Brock because we haven't seen it yet. But I think that's a legitimate question to ask. He wasn't great in the rain. That was the one thing about the uh, the Cleveland game. He actually did get it together at the end. But he was kind of bad for, like, the whole game. And I think the rain had something to do with it. Matthew Sanders says, for what Brock Purdy does, he is the best slash top five. Decision-making, pushing the ball, creating off script, elusive. Brock is a competitor. Dink and dunks is incorrect. What does that mean for what he does? He's top five. He plays quarterback in the NFL. He's top five. Is that what you're saying? I don't understand what that sentence means. I love you, Matthew. Sorry, but I just don't understand the distinction you're making. He's the top five Brock Purdy. He's the number one Brock Purdy for what he does. I don't understand. Let me ask you this. Is Brock Purdy's arm better than Peyton Manning's arm was with the Broncos? Because I saw I saw Peyton set the all-time record for yards and touchdowns in a season with the Broncos with an arm that he could barely throw. So clearly arm strength is not necessarily something that can hold you back when you do the things that Brock does well. Read the defense before the snap, recognize coverage, throw with anticipation, place the ball accurately. So I think the arm strength discussion is maybe a little overblown. Sure. I think we've seen that. I mean, he's had a lot of success for a long, not a long time, but for a sustained amount of time. And it's not a fluke, but he has had some, he's had some moments. Turnovers have been an issue for him. And I think it all ties together when he's in the fourth quarter and he's down five and he's trying to take some chances or push the ball. He doesn't have that fifth gear. And he doesn't need it 98% of the time. But 2% of the time, you do. That's why people want that. <laughs> Sorry. Matthew Sanders says, guys, Kansas City receivers are garbage with 26 drops. Yeah, they. I mean, they have been bad. Travis Kelsey dropped a pass. Uh, it, it's bad there in Kansas City. Justin Thank- Watson? Who is that? Right. The ball literally bounces off his head on fourth and 25. Mahomes puts it right on him. Nope. Clang off the head. It's a damn shame, isn't it? It's a damn shame. If only Patrick Mahomes could win just a little more. I mean, come on. It was weird for me watching that game and seeing Mahomes do the Mahomes stuff and having to like root for it because I wanted the Eagles to lose. It did make me feel a little queasy. I'm not going to lie. Man, the life of being a sports fan is tough. Yeah. Uh, Brother MF and Bob says, why not crown Kyle now? Who needs Super Bowl wins? Like, I understand the frustration. 
that he hasn't won a Super Bowl, that they've gotten to the Super Bowl and they haven't won it, and he gets blamed for that loss, and that they've lost NFC. I get that. I understand all of that. But I don't think you do. There are coaches that have won Super Bowls that are not as good a coach as Kyle Shanahan. And just because you haven't won a Super Bowl doesn't mean you're not a great head coach. But, but, but here's, the, here's the reality of the situation. Kyle coaches for the 49ers. Brock Purdy plays for the 49ers. You're not really being compared to the rest of the league. You're being compared to Bill Walsh and George Seifert and Steve Young and Joe Montana. That's just the way it is. Sorry. It's a tough organization to be a part of. And on those metrics, they don't they don't measure up without rings. Like until they get there, they'll always be in the Jim Harbaugh, Jeff Garcia pantheon. You can't get higher than that without a ring. Sorry. So you could say you could give them whatever regular season accolades. You could call them top five, top ten, this or that. Without the rings, they're never going to be in that upper, upper echelon of Niners greats. They won't be. I agree. But you can still be great and not be in the upper echelon of Niners greats. I think the standard in this organization is so high. Joe Montana has four Super Bowl rings, okay? Like, George Seifert has two Super Bowl rings. Nobody even talks about – he can't get into the Hall of Fame. Nobody even talks about George Seifert. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he should. That's Freaking Mike Shanahan's in his coaching tree, which means Kyle Shanahan's in his coaching tree. If you think about it, <laughs> the standard with the 49ers is incredibly high. And just because you don't measure up to that, some of the highest of the high standards anywhere in the NFL doesn't mean you are not also great. It just means you are not in that class. Well, it's tough. You're never going to get that praise though on this team, unless you get to that class. And if you, if that's a problem, you can always go play for the Seahawks. I'm just kidding. Don't, you can don't. always go play for the Cardinals. How about that? Joe Crowell says they've blown the one seed, so now the season comes down to proving they can win in Philly. With Brock's struggles when behind, they have to stay ahead all game. Good luck to us all. You could it's make happening. the argument that the two seed is is not a bad spot for the 49ers to be in the playoffs right now. Maybe, you know, getting the one seed is great because you have home field advantage, but the two seed, you have home field advantage in every game except one. Yeah. Either way, I'm hoping for home field advantage so I can go to home games. (laughs) So right now, the Eagles are the one seed. The Lions are the two seed. Here, let me, you know what? Instead of me just reading it off, we have this technology where I could actually put it on the screen. Imagine that. There we go. So the Eagles are the one seed right now. They obviously would get the bye. The The Lions would then play the Vikings, right? Is that how it would work? And then the Niners would play the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. And then the Saints would play the Cowboys. It's possible that the Niners, if they get the two seed, would only have to play one of the Cowboys or the Eagles. That's a good spot to be. Yeah, I agree. And I don't think anyone's scared of the freaking Cowboys. I, I don't think they so either. I mean, come on. The Niners, I think the Cowboys are scared of the Niners, as they should be. Right. I think at this point, it's pretty clear. Like, if you're not scared of the Niners, you're just living in a fantasy world. They've kicked the tar out of you three straight times. So I do think the Lions would be an interesting matchup for the Niners in the playoffs because it looked like it could it could be in Detroit if they if that game happens. Goff is way better on turf. The Niners have like a mm-hmm. phobia of turf, I guess. <laughs> and the Lions have an excellent offensive line. Yeah. So just little things that sort of help them match up. Now they have a quarterback who can't move. And that's not necessarily a recipe for success against the Niners. We've seen Jared Goff lose a lot of games to the Niners. So I don't know how confident he would be, but it's a pretty good team. 
Let's get a couple super chats before we wrap it up. Chris says, ask the Rogers Green Bay teams how they feel about a great playoff record with only one ring early. Pittsburgh, Seattle are mediocre teams at best. Tampa and Jacksonville, if in the playoffs, are wildcard weekend outs. Do yes. the Packers have a great playoff record? I don't think they do. They don't have as good a playoff record as the Niners do because they keep losing to the Niners in the playoffs. Yeah. I, they, have a super, they have a ring. Yes, they but do. They, they probably feel like that Rodgers era was like kind of a... Complete disappointment. Dis- well, yeah. yeah, a disappointment. Has a to disappointment. Be. Straight up, yeah. Well, only one Super Bowl ring, only one Super Bowl appearance. You have yeah. arguably the second greatest quarterback of his generation, or maybe the greatest if you're counting Brady as a different generation. Uh, what does he have? Three MVPs for Aaron Rodgers? Only one Super Bowl appearance and one Super Bowl ring is an absolute disappointment for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Bob is I feel back. like Brett says, Favre was a better competitor than Aaron Rodgers. I grew up on Brett Favre. He threw a ton of picks. I know he was he was gross with that. But it's like he refused to lose. I heard Aaron Rodgers would be down in the fourth quarter with a good quarterback rating and kind of look around like, well, it's not my fault. I hated that about it. You know what I mean? You're not wrong. Brother yeah. Bob says, Igla gets it. No one said they sucked. Need to win Super Bowls. Matthew Sanders, Detroit is a terrible matchup for the one and the one I fear most. It would be that would be a game where Brock Purdy is going to have to carry the team because the, the Lions can move the ball and they can score. Uh, yep. So it would be a fun matchup to watch. I'll say that. Chris Tallarico says, Shani isn't a great coach. His method to winning the Super Bowl is just to run it back every year with the same players and scheme that wasn't good enough the year before without getting better where he needs to. Chris <laughs> has spent true. a lot of money. That's true. I love Chris, man. Chris goes hard. I, <laughs> Chris is dope. Hey, I, t- sh- Kyle, Chris sees through you, all right? Don't forget <laughs> it. <laughs> Let's just say uh, I disagree with that assessment, Chris, but we appreciate the super chat. We appreciate all the comments from everybody. Please keep them coming. Like and subscribe to the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel and to Grant's YouTube channel as well. Just type in Grant Cohn at YouTube. It pops right up. If you haven't already done it, you should. Grant, I hope you have a great Thanksgiving, man. I hope you do as well. Have a great one and enjoy it and be thankful for something. Absolutely. Uh, We'll be live after the game on the Gold Standard Network YouTube channel, breaking it down in the Instant Reaction podcast. Are you doing an Instant Reaction after the game? Yeah, for sure. There you go. Yes. All right. And you can check both of those out because I think ours is usually over by the time yours gets started. So make sure you do that, everybody. Have a good holiday, and we'll talk to you later this week. Happy Thanksgiving. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.